What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Ablaze Youth Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's message. Be sure to follow us on all social media platforms at We Are Ablaze. I got a really good message for you. I believe that it is from the Lord. It is something that is applicable, applicable, applicable to you in this time. Amen. So I want you guys to get ready. It's a simple message. It's a straightforward message. It's something that everyone needs to hear. What do you have is the title of tonight's message. So as we dig deep into tonight's message, as we dig deep into the word tonight, I want you to walk away with this. I want you to ponder on this. What do you have? What do I have? That is what we're going to be talking about tonight. What do you have? Because we all got something. We all have something that God has given us, that God is teaching us, that God is showing us, that God has equipped us with. No matter where you are in your journey, you've got something. Amen. So I want to dig into the word real quick. This will be kind of the foundation scripture of where we're going to bounce off of, flow from. I don't know. This is, this is where we're going to be tonight, all right? So it's 14 verses. I know that's a lot. So I want you to bear with me. We're going to be in book of Mark, chapter 6, starting in verse 30. I'm reading out of the NLT. It says, The apostles returned to Jesus from their ministry tour and told him all they had done and taught. Then Jesus said, let's go off by ourselves to a quiet place and rest a while. He said this because there were so many people coming and going that Jesus and his apostles didn't even have time to eat. So they left by a boat for a quiet place where they could be alone. But many people recognized them and saw them leaving and many people from towns ahead ran along the shores and got there ahead of them. And Jesus saw the huge crowd as he stepped from the boat and he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. Late in the afternoon, his disciples came to him and said, this is a remote place and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the nearby farms and villages to buy something to eat. And Jesus said, you feed them. With what, they asked. We'd have to work for months to earn enough money to buy food for all these people. How much bread do you have, he asked. Go and find out. And they came back and reported, we have five loaves of bread and two fish. And Jesus told his disciples that they have to sit down or he told the disciples to have the people sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups of 50 or 100. And Jesus took the five loaves and the two fish and he looked up toward heaven and blessed them. And then breaking the loaves into pieces, he kept giving the bread to the disciples so they could distribute it to the people. He also divided the fish to everyone to share. They all ate as much as they wanted. And afterward, the disciples picked up 12 baskets of leftover bread and fish. A total of 5,000 men and their families were fed. If you guys will bow your heads, I just wanna prepare our hearts to receive this tonight. God, I just thank you for this word. I thank you for this message. I thank you as we dig deep into this of what do we have? What do you have as we dig into this This. This this notion or this theme or this idea that you've placed on my heart, Lord, that you start to reveal to us what we do have, what we're supposed to do with what we have. I thank you that our hearts are receptive to this word and that we're open to hear from you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So I know that was a lot to read. And so a lot of people might be like, I got glazed over about halfway through. Can you start over? I feel like I got lost somewhere towards the middle. What happened again? So essentially the disciples 
or found themselves in a place after teaching all day and traveling all day and realized there was a bunch of people on the shore that were really hungry and they were trying to send them away because they too were tired and hungry. And Jesus was like, well, this is your job. I want you to feed these people, these people that are hungry, that are in need that I've been talking to and I've been helping them, but I want you to feed them. I want you to take care of them. I want you to share goodness with them. And they said, how, what do we do? What are we supposed to do? And he said, what do you have? So the disciples had to take it amongst themselves to figure out what do we have? What do we have to offer these people? What can we bring to this table to help facilitate these people? And Jesus worked with what they had, amen? Jesus wants to work with what you have. Jesus wants to work with what you bring to the table. And I have a little bit of an illustration to kind of go with this. I have two routes that I'm gonna go with this illustration because I feel like it could go really bad if it's not gonna work out. So I have, I have a quick question before I ask for volunteers because I need probably about five or six people, but only if you feel like you got rhythm. If you feel like you got beat, you can keep a time. I need about five or six people that think that they can at least... No one has to sing. I'm not saying you, gotta, you don't have to sing. You don't got to dance. I just need you to, yeah? It didn't, there is no beat type. This is just, we're going to work together. Daniel, all right. All right. If you, all right I'm gonna, about five or six, just come on down to the stage right here. If you feel like you can be a part of this, you can come on up to the stage. Yeah, that's fine. Just come up here. Just kind of stand in a line right here. This illustration is called the human machine. And what we're going to do is we're going to have one person using what they have. There, there's no, you can, you can come out too, Daniel, if you want. That's fine. That's, that's all right. I got five or six, you know, there's no. All right. So this thing's called the human machine. And who, I don't know who wants to start. Let's let Daniel start it off. Because Daniel, if you don't know, Daniel, Daniel, oh my gosh, might need to edit that. That's a little bit awkward. Daniel, hey buddy, he's a hip hop R&B artist, yeah, somewhere in that genre. He's, I know he's got rhythm. So I can at least be confident that he will start us off right, hopefully. So using only what you have, I want you to start a beat or a rhythm, only what you have. And I want you to keep it consistent. Whatever you choose, this is gonna be what you're gonna do for the entire time. So be confident in what you do, because that's it. That's all you're gonna do. And you're gonna start it off. Okay. All right, so we got, we got something started here. So who feels like they've already caught the rhythm? All right, I'm gonna need someone else to join in with something, but you're gonna need to be a little bit louder. You're gonna need to, Add a clap, you can use your mouth, you can use your body, you can use the table, that's fine, I'll, I'll allow the table. Oh gosh, okay, okay, all right, kind of a little bit of a, a mimicry here, okay, anyone else feel like they got some depth? No, 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 you can add to your own thing, you can add to it, yeah, Woo! Anybody? No? Yeah? I was say, you guys all volunteered. You said you had rhythm. Okay. 
I feel like you guys are all regretting your decision right now. Yeah, all right, that's fine, that's fine. What we can do, you guys did great, you did awesome, you at least tried. So let's go to plan B, plan B here. You guys did great. So Nick, if you would, if you would, I'd, I'll, we only need to play the whole clip. If we could just play about mm, 30 to 40 seconds of this clip, of this video, I would like to implement this. Now, obviously, I did not expect you guys to do this, but this is kind of the vibe that I was hoping for here. You getting that? This is a Jeep Cherokee, for those of you that don't know. They've got this Jeep rigged up with mics and a sound system. And they've decided to make it work. So I think you guys get the idea. We can go ahead and... <laughs> so essentially, the idea was working with what you got to achieve a common goal, to achieve an idea, to achieve something, a task that's been given to you. This guy, this is an old video. This guy's Julian Smith. He came out on YouTube, like first really got going. But he had the idea, the concept of I'm going to make a beat. I'm going to make a song using only my Jeep. Using only his Jeep Cherokee to make something. I had a goal, I had a vision, I had something in place that I feel like I'm supposed to do and I'm gonna work with what I already have. Now, obviously, I know you guys all came up here and you're all so brave and maybe I didn't do an awesome job of explaining exactly what you wanted to do, but some of you tried. You did try to do with what you had. There was the common goal of making a human machine and making loud stuff or whatever, but if you had really went into it or whatever, you, know, you had to realize, oh, I have to use my own voice. I have to use my body. I have to use these things that I'm given to make this possible. And it's not easy, as you probably figured out. But if you guys sat up here for a little while, and maybe, maybe if you guys came back up here after watching that video, maybe you have a better understanding of what was being asked of you. And maybe we could have worked together to make something happen. Jesus wants to work with what you've already got. Jesus has given you plans. Jesus has given you goals. Jesus has given you dreams. God has a plan for your life and he wants you to do this amazing in-game thing. And I know that sometimes like we hear the plan of God for our life and it seems so far away, but there's also things that you need to do in your life right now for God. God has something for your life right now. You're called, you're appointed, you have an ultimate end game, but God needs you right now. Where are you right now? What do you have right now? What is your sphere of influence? You're in high school. You've got a family. You're in a community. You're on sports teams. You've got all these areas in your life that, that you have impact in. 
And maybe you feel like you're supposed to be an NFL player and you feel like you're supposed to go off to the big leagues or whatever, but if you're not ever gonna work hard in the football team right now, how are you ever gonna make it to the NFL? And much like so when Jesus calls you to talk to your friend or talk to your, you know, this person over here or whatever, but you're also supposed to do this amazing thing he's called for you down the road, how are you ever gonna get there? You gotta start with what you have now, amen? We all are very familiar with this, the greatest commandment. When someone asked Jesus, you know, what is the greatest command? Which one's the most important of all? And Jesus answered, the most important was, you shall love the Lord your God all your heart over in Mark chapter 12, verses 30. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind and all your strength. And the second is, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. Who is your neighbor? Your neighbors, your classmates, your family members, your teachers, your best friend, your literal neighbors. (laughs) You're meant to talk to the people on your cul-de-sac about Jesus. Jesus is saying, what do you have? What do you have? What do you have around you? These disciples, they had these people around them that they were having influence over with Jesus right there. And they were meant to minister God's love to them by feeding them, taking care of them. And yes, Jesus was asking if like, hey, what kind of food do you got for these people? But he's also asking the question of we're in the scope of these people right now. Let's work within what we've got right here in front of us. Let's take, care, let's take advantage of this opportunity. They're tired and they're hungry. Let's not let them go home in a state like this. There are people outside of these walls that are hungry and desperate and they're looking for an answer and we've got the answer. And you say like, I'm just a teenager. (laughs) What, What do I have? This is the beauty of it all. This is what is so amazing is that you have your life. You have your testimony. You are an example of what God can do. You know, sometimes we get in, this, in our headspace of like, man, I don't, I don't have everything right yet. I, I, don't, I don't know how to talk to people yet. But think about what God has done for you. And maybe you're in this place tonight and you're thinking like, I don't know God yet. I don't really know what he's done for me. But it says in John three sixteen that Jesus came to save this world to rescue this world, not to judge you, not to, not to make fun of you, not to get in your face and say you're nasty and ugly. He came to rescue you, to help you, to guide you, to lead you into truth, to give you salvation. You are evidence of what Jesus came here to do. It says over here in 2 Corinthians 3, verses two through three, it says, you The only letter of recommendation that we need is you yourselves. Your lives are a letter written on our hearts. Everyone can read it and recognize our good work among you. Clearly, you are a letter from Christ showing the result of our ministry among you. This letter is written not with pen and ink, but the spirit of the living God. It is carved not on tablets of stone, but on human hearts. You are a living, breathing example of God's grace. Grace has freed you from the power of sin. 
this sin that we've been born into, this world that is all sin, that it wants to come and put its, its, its fingers and its talons in you and it wants to take hold of you and it wants to corrupt you. But the grace of God gets rid of all that bondage, gets rid of all that shame, gets rid of all that guilt and allows us to walk free. This is a very basic and simple message. And I know some of you are like, I've been in church all my life. I know what the grace of God does for me, but you've got to realize that you are the example of God's grace and you can show people how to live like that. And you might not have all the answers right and you might not be perfect and that's fine because what it says over here in Romans 5, it says, therefore, since we have made right, we've been made right, we have been made right in God's sight by faith. We have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord has done for us. You are righteous in Jesus' name. There's nothing that can change that fact. When you accept him as your Lord and your savior, you are made clean in his eyes. Your testimony is what you have. Your area of influence is what you have. Use what you have. And maybe you need a bigger picture of what he's done for you. Maybe you've been depressed. Jesus has given you joy. Maybe you were sick. Jesus gave you health. Maybe you were poor. Jesus has made you rich. Maybe you were dying, but Jesus has given you life. We just have to be real with people. That's what God is asking. That's what he's saying. I've been so obsessed with the book of John 15 right now. I don't have it in my notes, but Nick, if you want to pull that up, John 15. I really like it out of the message. So I don't know if we have the message back there. So I guess I can look it up. You got it? Start in verse one. It says, I'm the real vine. And my father is the farmer. He cuts off every branch of me that doesn't bear grapes and every branch that is grape bearing, he prunes back so it will bear even more. And this is where I wanna stop right here, Nick. So you are already pruned back by the message that I've spoken. You've already been pruned. You've already been made clean by the word of God. When you accepted him, when you accept him, if you haven't accepted him yet, there's about to be an opportunity to do so. But when you make that decision to say, I truly want to be made right by God, you've been pruned back. That word prune sounds so awful and so like, I don't wanna get cut by something, but it's actually so awesome because what it's doing is making way for new growth. Shout out to our podcast on Good Talk. We actually were talking about denying yourself and picking up the cross. I don't know who submitted that, uh, that question, but it was, a good, it was a good good talk. So you should go and listen to it. We talked about that a little bit. And um, we, we have lavender at our house and, and Kyleen was telling Robert, because Robert has lavender at his house and his lavender was going crazy. It was growing all over the place and it was just like crazy bushy. And, and Kyleen, my wife was like, hey, Robert, you need to prune that because if you don't prune it, you're just gonna be left with that lavender right there. But if you prune it, you're gonna have more lavender. 
and it's gonna be fuller and you'll have more harvest out of it. And at our house, Kylene prunes our lavender like three to four times a season. And so what God is saying here is I've already made you clean by the word that I've spoken. You've already clipped you back so that way you can start producing good fruit. Maybe all your life you haven't been producing good fruit, but when you make that decision to follow after Jesus, it starts you on a brand new slate. It starts you at a brand new place in the vine of God to where you can start producing good fruit in your life. And that in of itself, even without the fruit, just being clean is a testimony in of itself. And then when you start following after God, that's when the fruit comes. When you start working with what you have, that's when the fruit comes. If we go back to where we started with this scripture of Jesus and the five loaves and the two fish, it says over in verse 32, or sorry, verse 42, they ate as much as they wanted. And afterwards, the disciples picked up 12 baskets of leftover bread and fish. They started out with five loaves and two fish. But then after what they worked with, when they worked with what they had, when they started with the little, then God rewarded them with much. God wants to work with what you have and then give you even more. People need what you have. I got one last scripture for you. Over in John 14, I think it's in verse 26. I don't know why I didn't put it in my notes. I just wrote John 14. John 14, 26. It says, when the father sends the advocate as my representative, the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and remind you everything that I have told you. When we walk with God, when we live our life for him, he starts to remind us of what he's done for us. And so when we find ourselves in situations where we get the opportunity to talk about Jesus, he'll bring things back to our remembrance. So I encourage you in the midst of working with what you have, grab a hold of more so that we have more in your arsenal to give out to people when you're at school when you're with your family, when you're at your job, when you're at the gas station or whatever, when, it, when you're out on a walk in the park or you're out in your neighborhood and someone comes up to you and you feel impressed to talk to them and you strike up a conversation and all of a sudden there's opportunity to, to share and to chat and then all of a sudden there's an opportunity to be like, hey, you don't seem well, are you okay? Can I pray for you? And then they're like, sure, that seems odd. I don't know why, but yeah, go ahead. And then afterwards, when you pray for them, things get better and things change for them. And they're like, what happened? And you're like, well, I just prayed for you. And that's what happens when we pray. God does something and God changes things. And that's how God uses me and my relationship with him. God wants to use you that way. He wants to lead you and guide you to work with what you have. I want you to be encouraged tonight. Whether you've been walking with Christ five minutes, three years, or your entire life, you have what people need.
Amen? You have your testimony. You have what God has done for you. That's what's going to lead people into repentance. So the goodness of God is what leads people into repentance. What God has done for you, the goodness that he's done for you, the goodness that he's shown on your life is what's going to lead people into repentance. Amen. I want to pray for you. If you guys will bow your heads. Father God, I just thank you for every single person in this room tonight. I just thank you that they grab a hold of what they have. That they understand the power of what they have tonight. That they understand that if if they use what they have in combination with you, Lord, that they can help people grow in their relationship with you and help lead people to you. I pray that you give people a boldness to leave this place with confidence of what they have can make a difference. It might seem small to their mind. It might seem small in their own natural thinking, God, but you know that it is just as powerful as anyone else's testimony because every testimony is a testimony. Every testimony is valid and real and worth hearing about and worth sharing. Encourage people with where they're at tonight, God. Inspire them to leave this place willing to share what they have because of you. We hope you enjoyed today's message. We want to remind you, if you'd like to join us in person, we meet every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. here in Madison, Alabama. We are Ablaze Youth Ministries, grades 6 through 12. We hope to see you. Otherwise, be sure to keep on listening to the podcast.